Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You can see and hear the great work of Mike Claiborne and his staff at Claves Online at YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search Mike Claiborne and you'll go to Claves Online. And Michael joins us now on 101 ESPN via the Broad and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Morning, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Everything's good. We understand the belated happy birthday wishes are in order. Well, uh, believe it or not, I had another one and uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. And uh, I don't have to worry about it until this time next year. <laughs> well, happy belated, Claves. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you. We had- How was your workout the other night? I hope you got it all in. I did. I did. You know, it was that post-Thanksgiving. I had to get it in. I'm sorry that I missed you. All right. Well, we'll, we'll figure it out. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll rain check. Uh, Claves, we had Stephen Matz on the show earlier this morning. And in listening to his introductory press conference yesterday and speaking with him today, he really does feel like he's going to be a perfect fit for the Cardinals, not only because of his skill set, but because of his personality. I, I would agree. And, and while I don't know him that well, I, I think from a, watching his ability to pitch and with the defense he's going to have behind him, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to fit in nicely. Um, where in the rotation, who knows? Uh, but I, I think that two things I'm hoping here. A, you know, he continues to grow. I mean, he's 30 years old. And, and you know, a lot of guys don't learn how to pitch until they hit that age mark. And, and the second thing is, if, if he can be durable, you know, we, we talk about these days, oh, man, if we can get a guy and give us 150 innings. Well, that's five innings. Mm-hmm. You, know, you need more than that these days. And I'm sorry. I am not a believer in this five and fly. If we can get them through the order twice, no, we need more. Because if you don't have more, then that means your bullpen will be taxed, and all of a sudden you're going to be the San Diego Padres of 2021. And, Claves, one of the things that Mo said yesterday is that he is on the prowl for a few more relievers, and they didn't have enough depth. And there's nothing wrong with having three or four guys down at Memphis that are capable of coming up and pitching for you. You need to have, in this day and age, rather than just a 13-man pitching staff, you really need to have about a 20-man pitching staff. I agree, Randy, and I don't think you want to be in a position where you were last year where you had to go find some guys who nobody else wanted to come in and shore you up. And you think about Wade LeBlanc, you think about Justin Miller, you think about Luis Garcia. Uh, Those guys really were difference makers on how Cardinals got in the postseason. But if you have those guys already in your organization, that's a better setup to me because I I think we were more lucky than good with regard to those guys finding a good landing spot. Claves, we've seen a flurry of activity, to say the least, in Major League Baseball. But I want to ask you about one deal specifically. What's your reaction to Max Scherzer getting three years, $130 million from the Mets? It it was a head-scratcher. This is a guy who 
who's a, a phenomenal pitcher. He's a he's a Hall of Famer. There's no question about it. But this is a guy who said his arm, he, he couldn't pitch the last game of the season. So at his age, you have to wonder what he has left. Uh, and certainly the demand in New York because the Mets, they want to win right now. Uh, that That's a lot. Uh, I, I would have taken a, the two deals I would have taken a pass on is him and, and Kyle Seeger, uh, Corey Seeger rather, mm-hmm. because, you know, Corey Seeger has played 140 games, more than 140 games twice in his career. Now, you take away the, the, the COVID season, but think about that. He's been in the game seven years, and we take away the one year. So six years, he's only played a, a more than 140 games twice. Uh, that's a lot of money to invest in a guy who, quite honestly, has been a little fragile. Uh, but, you know, it, it just goes to show you that some people just don't learn from some of the prior mistakes that teams have made. But, you know, that's not my problem. Hey, Claibs, another one is Byron Buxton getting the seven years, $100 million extension from the Twins. He's played more than 92 games one time in seven yeah. years. Yeah. Now, I, I guess in their case, they're banking on potential. And I think I would say the potential is he's going to get hurt again yeah, right. more than the fact he's going to play. So it, it's it's – they're, they're head scratchers, and, and I know that they, they think they're doing the right thing. Uh, they're making a statement that they want to contend, and I get all of that. But, man, oh, man. And, you know, even you look at the NBA. You know, Denver went out and signed Michael Porter Jr., and they didn't have to, by the way, mm-hmm. and signed him to a deal. And what happens? He goes down with what? A back. The same back that shut him down in Missouri. The same back that basically took him off the floor his first year with the Nuggets along with the knee. And now the back is flared up again. You know, once you have one, they, they don't go away. So, you know, when teams do this, you just say, well, okay, give me a real let, – let's quit with the Ouija board here and rolling the dice. Let's get something that's a little bit more substantive. Klebs, as I watch all of this free agency unfold and I see Seeger get his 325 and Javi Baez just signed for $140 million, and even Matt's getting 44 over four, I have to believe that the economic model that baseball has set up is working for somebody. I can't figure out why owners would sign all these guys for all of this money. Heck, the Rangers themselves spent $560 million dollars more than a half a billion dollars on four players and now you're going to lock the players out because you don't like the way the system's working yeah it's it's something that I, i'm not totally familiar with on why uh you know i was talking to bob nightingale the other day and he mentioned that like 14 players are making somewhere north of a billion dollars and that means there's a whole lot of other guys who aren't making that money and making as much so maybe they increase the minimum a little bit. I, I've always felt like what they should do to, to, not, to not to squeeze out that veteran player who, you know, has probably got seven, eight years in who can help you. Why don't we have an exception rule where, you know what, you can spend eight, 10 million bucks on one guy and it doesn't count against your luxury tax. Or Larry anything Bird else. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, it works in the NBA. You know, it, it certainly works in the NBA uh, and I think it will work in baseball because the game is trending so young that there's nobody to teach these guys how this game actually could be played with success. And, and that's a greater concern to me, uh, that there's a place for those players, but for some reason they think, well, you know, these guys cost too much. I, I have news for you. You want that guy in September and October on your ball club 
that, that can get you through it. You want that guy teaching younger players how to be pros. Uh, and it's, it's an element in the game that if we don't figure it out soon, we're going to be scratching our heads wondering what happened to this game because none of these guys know what they're doing. And you wish, Claves, that both parties could come and have a compromise and a rational conversation and get this done because it does seem like there are some things that need to be worked out. But you have so many exciting things happening in baseball, and it's all going to get wiped away. All that that excitement and goodwill that you've garnered with fans is going to get wiped away as soon as they stop. I, I agree with you, Michelle. And, you know, when you look around the game, you've got so many interesting stories, whether it's Otani or Mike Trout or some of these other good young players that we've had a chance to watch. And, and they've allowed them, to, as they say, let the kids play, have a little bit more fun. But also, you know, the issues at hand, they've been on the table for, for, for who knows how long. So there isn't anything cropping up that should be a deal breaker. This is something that, you know, both sides are going to bleed a little bit here. Let's get in the room get it figured out. They're, they're, they're reasonably smart people. You know, the only person that's, that was around the last time they were doing the deal was Rob Manford. You know, now he's a commissioner. So at least you have a, a, a modicum of experience that knows how to at least work on this. And if you remember, that last deal that they did, everybody thought was a good, good idea. We had labor peace. Everything was working. Players are making money. The teams are making money. So it, there's no excuse on not getting this thing resolved well before spring training. Claves, one more thing from me, and you're a sports historian. You've mm-hmm. known a lot of college football coaches over the years, and I think we're both safe in saying this is the wildest coaching carousel in college football history, yeah. and it'll never get wilder than it is right now. I, I agree, and thank goodness for the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these kids can now move on as well. But if you're Brian Kelly – and I understand why he, he took the job. I, you know, 10 million reasons is one. And two, he can win there. He can win it. He can win at LSU. He could never win at Notre Dame. Notre, Notre Dame has been irrelevant since the 90s as far as winning championships. And I think him going to that conference, and he'll have his work cut out for him, will, will make the SEC even more intriguing. But I, I think this coaching thing, the domino effect takes place. It's going to give some young guys a chance. And it's going to give certain other guys one last kick at the can uh, as far as having a chance to have success. You know, I'm a guy who kind of likes anarchy from a distance, (laughs) and I think we have that, and uh, I'm okay with it because it's going to make everybody accountable. And I think that's what we all want. We want coaches accountable. We want universities accountable. And the kids need to be accountable as well. Uh, And I think we're going to have all of that. But it also lends to say – is the NFL, is is the college coaching more attractive now than the NFL as far as salaries because they pay well? I, I would we say have more so. Control. Yeah, we we've we talked. Yeah, we, we've talked in the past about Brian Kelly or Lincoln Riley going to the NFL, and here they are moving to other schools for more money. Yeah, you have if. If you succeed at a blue blood, Saban's going to be there forever. Dabo's going to be there forever. Harbaugh apparently can be there forever if he wants. Ryan Day, if he wants. Kirby Smart can be there. Now, Auburn, we're, we're just talking about the dozen blue blood programs. The other ones all have been open in the last two years. Auburn, Texas, USC, mm-hmm. Notre Dame, LSU, Florida, Oklahoma. And obviously, uh, USC was open because things were going bad. Texas was Auburn wasn't that bad in Florida, but the other ones just left. So if I'm with you, if you have a winning record, if, if you are doing what your boosters expect, you can keep those jobs 
for a long, long time and for more money. If you're Notre Dame, do you call Urban Meyer? I don't think I do. I, yeah, I, I think he's a guy that's going to be, have a say-so in some of this and just kick the tires because it's not going well for him in Jacksonville. Uh, but there's a handful of those guys that might circle back. But then again, like I said earlier, I think Notre Dame is a, is a program you just can't win the big one at. And, you know, I know they talk about how tough it is to get in there and all of that. And they've gotten some good players. You know, like I said, Brian Kelly's done a tremendous job. He's the all-time winning as coach. But, man, when they get to that certain speed bump, they have no next gear against the Alabamas and the Ohio States and some of the other schools. I wonder if the standard that Notre Dame holds itself to is what's stopping them from winning because Urban Meyer would be a good fit there. But how do you reconcile what Notre Dame represents with what we've seen in the headlines from Urban Meyer? He's not bringing Aaron Hernandez types to Notre Dame. It's not a fit, right? No, that's not going to happen. But, you know, here's the question. What does Notre Dame represent now? I mean, I, I know that they, they feel like they have high standards, and, and maybe they do. But, you know, it, it's one of those situations where Lou Holtz ain't there anymore. Jerome Bettis isn't running the ball. You don't have Rocket Ishmael. We don't have any of those guys who really put that program back on the map. They've had some, some spurts of guys who've come through there, but they've had more guys that haven't lived up to the hype because of the fact it was Notre Dame, and all of a sudden, because he's there, he's supposed to turn the program around. It just didn't work as much as I think they thought. And having said that, Brian Kelly got the most out of a situation that most people couldn't succeed in. So I just went to their website, Claves, and it says the University of Notre Dame is a private research university inspired by its Catholic character to be a powerful force for good in the world. Not talent first. Yeah, well, you, I think they, they they always play that card when things don't go right for them, and I get it. I think if I had it in my back pocket, I'd say, hey, we want to just turn out smart people who help save the world compared to good left tackles. So I, I understand that. And I – Ahead, but their fan base has a, had a, has a greater expectation, and, and that's where this is going to come into play because I think the other thing that comes into play here is you're Notre Dame and you let somebody outbid you for a coach? Come on now. I mean, they always talk about how good their, their alumni are, their alumni association, is, and it is a very good – it really is. They travel well. They do all the right things. But for LSU to roll in and, and swipe this guy – and, again, maybe he thought he could have a chance to win at LSU. But $10 million bucks for a football coach, that, that's a lot of money. And, uh, Mike, I always love this story, and it uh, goes back to the 1950s when the University of Oklahoma hired a new president, and he said, we want to build a university that our football team can be proud of. And that's what LSU is. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but, but you know what? In fairness, and we've seen it at some of these institutions. You can look at Duke in basketball and some other schools in football. Enrollment goes through the roof. Popularity goes through the roof. And all of a sudden, there's foul money everywhere when you do win. So there is something to be said for that. Hey, no and doubt about it. You can build a lot more science buildings thanks to the Alabama football program. Yep. Now, getting people to go in the building, that's a whole different story. We know that the Ferrario faceoff is up at Klabes Online. What else do you have coming up? Well, we're going to have Huddle Up with Howard Richards a little later in the week, and we have a very interesting guest that we're going to roll out for that. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of do a little bit more baseball as far as this hot stove, man. I mean, this has been great for the game to have all these free agent signings and some trades and things of that nature. So we'll have a little baseball flavor for you a little later in the week once the lockout begins. Always good to hear your voice, sir. Thank you very much for the time. You guys have a great week. Take care.